everyone. Welcome to our second episode of season four of Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them. If you don't count the blowness episode. Oh, yeah. So, okay, take two. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Hey, listeners. This is episode 2.5 of, or maybe this is two and that was 1.5. You know what? I don't think it matters. Okay, great. Yeah, that was 1.5. This is two. This is yeah. two. Okay, yeah. great. Thank you, Meg. Megs are on the same page here. If we're thinking the I don't know what's wow. It might be like a 3.7 at this point. <laughs> you guys, hi. Go back and listen to our bonus episodes. You know what the hell we're talking about. But uh, otherwise, hey, it's your gals at Vicious Cycle. I'm your co-host, Meg Hayes. I'm Kate Elston. And I'm Meg Trowbridge. And we are so excited. We're going to get witchy and like and magical and starry and astrological. Like get your woo-woo hats on and your woo-woo pants on yes. because things are about to get mystical in here. Super mystical. Soup's mystical. Um, because we have a VIB, a very important bleeder and today. And that person is Jessica Lignato. Jessica is an internationally respected astrologer and psychic medium. Uh, She has fans and clients all over the world. She has a wonderful podcast called Ghost of a Podcast. She's written for the SF Bay Guardian, Girlboss Glamour. She was named the best psychic in San Francisco by both Refinery29 and SF Weekly. And she has a book called Astrology for Real Relationships. And she's just a, a boss babe. Um... Bay Area, Bay Area gal, just like us. And she's kind of like a big ass deal. You know what I mean? She is. Like, she's, she's booked. She is like, you know, she's coveted to get those readings in. I feel like we might be getting some new listeners because maybe they are excited about Jessica and follow her and want to listen to our podcast. And if that's the case... Welcome. Hi. We're a podcast Welcome. all about periods, and you're going to hear about Jessica's period. You're going to hear about Meg Trowbridge's period a little bit. Yeah. Through the, and through my the ding dang birth yeah, chart. Through the, through the birth chart reading, which was so cool. And we'll talk about it after the episode. But we've, yeah, we recorded this back in July, and we talk about so much stuff about political unrest and. Uh, yeah. demonstrations happening all over the world and I just felt so much better after talking to Jessica it's true she was very like she's so no nonsense while being as she's referred to it as woo woo and it's just like this is really comforting. if this is woo woo and- then I want to be woo woo also just a heads <laughs> up to our listeners new and old our audio in this was a little funky. You'll hear us talk about how much of a fucking time we had setting it up with Jessica. Um, it's just we ended up only having to use the Zoom audio, which, you know, isn't great. I think it sounds fine, but just know that we got better at remote recording. You know, the, yeah. she was I think Jessica was our first guest in the pandemic. So that she explains was. it. Anyway. And we recorded... Um, on the first day of Mercury in retrograde. So, you know, right. we were we were messing with the planets and the yeah. planets messed with us back. Right. They so, were like, blame the stars. Like, hey, blame hey Jessica's cycle. I'm Mercury. Blame Why it on the you? boogie. Blame it on the juice. You know, blame it on <laughs> other songs. That have okay, anyway. Um, anyway, so let's get to the episode. Jessica, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Oh. We are so excited. So pumped to have you here. What did you think when you got a request from a bunch of people who run a podcast about periods? I'm obsessed. Uh, (laughs) I want to talk to you about your video clips on Instagram. I'm charmed. I'm uh, I'm tickled. And I have been for quite some time. I... Uh, I find bleeding to be an indignity that has followed me for many years, and I'm really don't get to talk about it in public as much as I'd like to. I would like to talk about it in public frequently, and it's just not something that comes up for me, so I'm really into it. Fantastic. Um, Jessica, can you chat with us a little bit about what you do, what your week looks like? What it means to be a psychic medium? I'm so Yeah. Yeah, so it's excited. it's a weird it's a weird job that sounds more mystical in some ways than it is, but basically I do lots of stuff. I am an astrologer 
And that means I meet with clients and I consult with them on a variety of topics, um, basically anything uh, and everything. And I consult with them through using either the birth chart or my psychic or medium skills or my skills as an animal communicator. And I just basically consult with them. It sounds like, ooh, what is it? Uh, I don't know why I went full Halloween, (laughs) but I went full Halloween as many people do. Um, But really it's like, you know, before COVID, it would, people would come to my studio um, and, or meet with me like on Zoom or on the phone. And now it's just Zoom and phone. But um, I, you know, I sit at a desk and I, when I'm looking at a birth chart, I'm looking at a computer and um, I consult and it's really pragmatic and uh, hopefully very, very usable and actionable advice and insight that I give. Being a psychic medium, like what is that like? And what does that look like? Like what happens to you to know, to be able, I'm just, I've always been so curious. I've it is a very weird thing. Yeah. It's a weird thing. And it's different for different people. Um, the way my psychic information comes through is the, the best way I can describe it is it's kind of like, I've got this really high speed uh, internet connection and I just know shit. I can just know shit. And the, thing that people misunderstand about psychic stuff. So I'll mention, I'll speak to mediumship separately because it's very different. Um, is just because you've got a great computer, maybe even I won't point fingers to computers, right? Um, and you have a great internet connection doesn't mean you're looking at all the websites, consuming all the data on all the websites at all at once. People have this kind of misunderstanding of psychic ability means you can read minds or you know everything about everything all at once. That's, I mean, that's how a person loses their mind. Like that is not a way to maintain mental health. What I, the way my psychic abilities work is many ways, honestly, but it's not the voice of Morgan Freeman in my mind. It's not, <laughs> which is what honest, most people assume. That's disappointing yeah. for me. everybody I'm disappointed honey I'm disappointed but um it's not that voice it's not like there's like this like distinct voice that's not my voice that tells me data it's just that I use a part of my brain that most humans in industrialized capitalistic societies societies especially aren't habituated in using and psychic ability like every other fucking ability the more you use it the stronger your muscles get the better you get and I um started practicing uh, with clients as an astrologer when I was quite young. And I, through my work as an astrologer, had the organic um, kind of opportunities to cultivate my psychic abilities with people over the course of many years. So I've been doing this work for my full-time living since the end of 1999. So I've been doing it for many years and it's allowed me to really develop this strong muscle, the psychic muscle. Um, And I just, I mean, sometimes I smell things, sometimes I like feel things in my body, but overwhelmingly I just know things. Um, And I put a lot of effort and energy into not knowing things. Um, That's actually takes more effort than knowing things. So that's the psychic part. Now the mediumship is a whole other, yes, thank you very much. Uh, And so mediumship is being able to talk to dead people or animals. I don't talk to food when I eat meat, that would be nuts. Um, Yeah, it'd be like a lot of coconuts all in a row. But I definitely, um, I, um, mediumship, it's not completely different than the psychic stuff. What's different is dead people are just people without bodies and they're existing on a different plane and um, absolutely can eventually become uh, quite different than they were as people. And I can talk to them in various uh, levels of embodiment, I guess is the best way to say it. And sometimes I get information, and this is going to sound really gross, and it is kind of gross, but where they pop into my body and so I can feel what they're feeling. Um, and it's the quickest and easiest way for me to get information, but it's by far the least healthy thing for me to do as a practitioner and a human. Um, but, you know, I've had experiences where well, – countless experiences where I feel how a person's mental illness felt, or I feel the way they died, you know, um, that kind of thing. So, so that's one way that it functions. Another way is not dissimilar from the psychic stuff in that I just know it. And so here's the way I'd like to explain it to people. So is there like a a musician that you all like, like a song that you all enjoy and like? Whitney Houston. Robin. Oh, okay. 
Okay, Robin. Favorite song by Robin? Dancing on my own. Sure. Dancing on my own is what I would go with. Okay. So you know that song, Dancing on my own, Robin, right? You're with me here. So when I say that, you saw a picture of her face. You probably saw her shaking her adorable booty. Um, You heard the music in your head. You had feelings associated with either the time you binged on that song or whatever you associate with her. All of that data got lodged. You weren't seeing it with your eyes. You weren't hearing it with your ears, but you were seeing it and hearing it. That's the same shit. So okay. it's not, um, I'm not using my physical body to physically see physical bodies of dead people or of psychic data, but I, I am hearing and seeing in that same way that um, muggles, if I may call you them, uh, <laughs> do with their memories and in your minds, right? Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I'm sorry. That's amazing. That's, yeah. Thank, thank you. you. That, was, that was fascinating. Can I ask one more question? And again, we can, we can ask all the questions. I know we didn't pay for this, but are you picking up on anything from the three of us? I am not because I'm putting active energy into not picking up on anything. Cool. What kind of psychic um, boundaries and stuff do you put up to protect mm-hmm. yourself? It's constant work. It's constant work. So um, I do, you know, things with, I don't, you know, crystals and such and thus, um, but I do a lot of energy work. Um and, you know, the basics of like trying to actually just have boundaries as a person, human, you know? So it's not a great answer, but it's a good, but it's a true answer. <laughs> yeah. So there it is. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a teacher to little kids. So I, I'm constantly asking people like, how do you, what are your boundaries like? How do you set those? Like yes. all the, all the therapists at my job, I'm like, can we talk about boundaries and how you could help me? <laughs> I love that. And it's really, you know, I, I've worked with little kids and I've worked with developmentally disabled um, adults and seniors and children. And I think that work really prepared me for the emotional holding that is essential for the counseling that I do. Because what people say, what adult humans say, and what they feel, what they want are not frequently the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think when you work with people who are not um, super verbal in how they advocate for themselves, you really have to attune yourself to that. But that's like a skill worth cultivating for us as individual humans is being able to track where we're feeling things in our bodies so that we can see if we've got like different stories between how we actually feel versus what we're telling ourselves, what our story is or what our actions are. Um, And that, you know, it's like a place where like shrinks and social workers and teachers and psychics and astrologers all kind of intersect and agree with each other because we can disagree on lots of things, but that's where I think we, we do tend to agree. Yeah. So interesting. So I'd love to just point out uh, that to get all of us on this call was actually quite a triumph. <laughs> and uh, Jessica mentioned that this is what we get for scheduling this when Mercury is in retrograde. Um, Indeed. But you also mentioned that you may or may not uh, be menstruating. And in the past, I would have blamed any mishap on my period. So now it's like, there's so much <laughs> more I need to know. Um, but that being said, you're blockording, it sounds like. What is it? Blockording, bleeding, and recording. <gasps> I'm blockording. <laughs> I am. I am blockording. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I can confirm. Congratulations. <laughs> that's huge. That's, yeah. that's huge. Congratulations. Thank you. I wish I was wearing a hat so I would. I would yeah. Well, that's a great segue to the beginning of your menstrual journey. Um, please, do you remember your first period? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to brag, but I woke up on the morning of my 12th birthday with my period, my first period. Wow. And then to make it more fun, because God is not a woman. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) That is the motto of this podcast. We agree. Agree. Thank you. Agree. Anyone who says that God's a woman, I'm like, really? How do you riddle riddle me this? (laughs) Yeah. I'm not into it. So I had the worst cramps that I've ever had. And I'm 45 years old and I'm still menstruating. I had the worst cramps I've ever had on that day. And it was my birthday party. And my mom's family 
um, they're all my, my grandparents, my mom's parents are Holocaust survivors and everyone at my birthday party was a Holocaust survivor. So I was in this very festive and for the use of the podcast, everyone should know I'm using air quotes on the word festive. I was in this very festive party, uh, doubled over in pain. No one wants to talk to me. They're all talking Yiddish. Do I speak Yiddish? I do not speak any Yiddish. Uh, and that was my uh, first period. Is memorable. Oh my god! Yeah, don't be jealous. <laughs> yeah, Unless, I of mean, course, you've got weird. I want to see this movie. Like this is yeah. so I can like see all of this happening. Yes. Surrounded by <laughs> Holocaust survivors. Yeah. Yeah, on your birthday. Yeah. They're just like, you want to hear about pain and suffering? <laughs> That's exactly right. That is exactly what it was. I wasn't allowed to complain about anything because it was at that same age, no joke now, that my grandparents' village was invaded by Nazis. So for me at 12 and 13 to complain about anything was met oh. with, really? Really? This is what you're complaining about? It was truly, truly bad. So I'll always remember that unfateful day. On your birth i mean that feels wow. like you were blessed cursed being targeted who knows like i was being, being targeted, targeted yeah. like was by some dark web yes <laughs> oh yes my God. it's true um so it sounds like you've had a, a an interesting relationship with your period so was it pretty rough in your teen years like was it pretty painful I didn't have another painful period until my late 30s, uh, or not, not one that I really remember. I had, um, so I had on average my whole life, maybe four to six periods a year. Never. So I had like real, real issues with it. Did not have frequent periods until I was 39. And now I am regular. I'm 45 years old, 45 and a half, and I'm a regular as can be. So take that, science. Um, <laughs> you don't know shit. You don't biology. know shit, science. All of a sudden, I'm fertile. Okay, fine. Um, so yeah, like I can feel my ov- like ever since I hit 40. I ovulate really routinely. My ovulation used to be all over the place. Uh, now my ovulation is really routine. My period's really routine. And I have, uh, I have documentation of every period since I was 12 years old because <gasps> I am that Capricorn. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to crack the code. And there was no code to crack. It was just my period was like, I don't want to do this. But <laughs> it was, it was a, I had a really rough experience of, of hormones. And then my doctors were just like, eh, you don't want babies. It doesn't matter. I, I don't want babies. And no. So there was no, there's no like concern, like, be, like that they once were weird and now they're not. And does that mean anything? So there's two, two answers to your question. One is I should be forthcoming in saying that I don't like needles. So very much so that I don't do blood work. No, don't. I know it's wrong. So I don't, you know, don't want to. You do you. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing it very mediocrely, but this is what I'm doing. This is my plan right now. So I, I probably could get blood work and be told something was wrong with me, but to what end I say to you. So instead I, uh, no, the answer is no. This is my theory. My theory is, oh, well, and that's the whole theory. (laughs) Are you going to publish an essay on that yes. theory? I think people interested. I mean, honestly, I've been talking to um, the Mayo Clinic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very interested in publishing my work. And yeah. we'll see how it happens. Right. But yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm sorry that I don't have a very good answer for this. But yeah, you know, I mean, I just feel like I'm at the end mm. of the things. But here's the thing for, for people who menstruate, who never procreate, they do so little research on menopause and perimenopause anyways for those of us who don't procreate there's even less data because we can't rely on like listening to what our mothers and our grandmothers did uh because they for those of us you know who are not adopted they procreated so we we're not going to follow in their footsteps anyways right um with menopause and all that crap so i am in uh perio is it perio or perimenopause peri perimenopause um I am in perimenopause. I know this from a couple little hits called night sweats, 
That's all. That's it. That's all. All right. Maybe there's something about going through perimenopause that's making you more regular. Maybe that's a sign that menopause is on yeah, the horizon. Yeah, you know? for sure. I think I oh. think so because what I've heard is that there's a spike in fertility that many women experience before menopause. Now, yeah. this would be like a four-year spike so far. It makes no sense, but I don't expect my body to make sense. It's not one of the agreements I have with my body, so. I feel, I feel like it's super on brand so far. I'm okay with it. But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, periods are very weird. So weird. So weird. I saw one Instagram post the other day, um, that, uh, it was uh, some period doctor and, um, someone asked like, is it normal to spot leading up to a period? And they said for a couple of days, yes. But if it's like more than three days, then there's probably something going on with your progesterone. And I was just like, oh man, like, cause I spot for a week, like a solid week. And I'm like, do I have to go do blood work? Do I need to go figure out my hormones? Cause it does seem like they are all over the place. Yeah. That's, I, that's what I've heard too, because I spotted once for four days and they're like, it may be cancer. Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> I did not laugh at the time. I was like, you asshole. Why would you start with that? Why wouldn't you start with, it may be nothing. Maybe you're bleeding out of your labia. Like, (laughs) you mix yourself shaving. Honestly, right? I mean, it's just like, also, this is the problem with, so one of the many problems with like pre-menopause is that one of the most common symptoms is that you spot. But the second you start spotting, they make you do these kind of invasive, painful cancer screenings because that's also a symptom of cancer. But it's there should be another way because all women, or not women, all menstruators do uh, spot, or most of us do spot associated with menopause or premenopause. So it's just a, a real, um, I don't know. I guess you'd call it a cunt punch. It's just not cool. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I'm not We're going to get that fan. sticker made. It's a real cunt punch. <laughs> yes, please do. I, I didn't come up with it. I don't know where I heard it, but I heard oh it somewhere. And I'm standing by Perfect. it. Yeah. Perfect way to describe this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 2020. Ouch. Yeah. It's fascinating to me that you, so like, what, that would be even more of a pain in the ass as a teenager to only bleed half as much because then you're just stressed all the time like when is it coming it was you know for Uh. me it actually I will say it helped me come out of the closet earlier because I was just I'm a huge homo um and I mean I don't I am bragging I'm actually (laughs) I am I am a bragger yeah um I so when I was a teenager I was just like because you know I may be Jewish but I have heard of Jesus and I (laughs) knew that he came through some lady who never had sex and I was like well what if I'm not like you know, late with my period because I just don't have periods. What if I actually am pregnant? Like I literally as a teenager was panicking about that. And then when I started like fucking dudes, I was like, is this worth it? Because I never had a reliable period and very quickly was like, yes, it is not worth it. I do not (laughs) care about this interaction at all. It is not worth what it could cost me. And uh, so it, it did help me actually come out of the closet quicker. And my partner, yeah, it is cool. It is cool. Thank you, menstruation. Uh, (laughs) And then my partner now who I've been with for, we're at at our eight and a half years uh, together. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. Thank you very much. So he's trans. um, And when, before he transitioned, and I checked with him before talking to you guys to be like, can I actually talk about this in public? And he said, yes. But before he transitioned, he had a really regular period. And so for him, he's had way more periods over the course of his lifetime than I have because I barely had any periods before the age of 40. So he's like my period coach, which is really ironic because he's a dude. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So it's, it's a, it's a, I have a, like a weird relationship to periods, but every month that I skipped a period, I would have like at least two, it sometimes was before weeks of PMS. So I had all the worst parts of the hormonal cycle. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, it's, I mean, maybe you would already be youthful anyways, but you have a youthfulness about you and it could be the regular period. Or it could be the Zoom filter. No one knows. Thanks, Zoom. No one knows. (laughs) So, so since you're a uh, non-procreator, 
did you ever do any kind of birth control or was that always just Mm-mm. unnecessary? It was, it wasn't necessary. Cause I mean, the period of my life where I was boning cis men was so brief. Mm. It was ever so brief. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, it was really like, um, it was very much, you know, my teens. So, uh, and I, you know, I had a very brief moment as an adult. And again, it was just like not worth the risk. I have this gynecologist. She just retired uh, maybe a year and a half ago, but she was my same gynecologist. Gynecologist, am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I am. Okay. Um, she was my same gynecologist from the age of 20 until I was <gasps> like 40 something. I love this woman. And she, on our first meeting, was like, You're a lesbian? Because I was before I got with trans dude. So I was lesbian identified. Uh, and she was like, send me all your lesbian friends. She said, and I quote, penises are rods of impregnation and disease. I love working with lesbians. <laughs> she said, my husband has one, but all my friends are lesbians because lesbians are better. And I was like, this bitch is my, she's my bitch. Well, I, she's probably I, like, I've seen enough vaginas yes. wrecked by oh yes. my penises <laughs> yes. and diseases from penises. She's <laughs> the amazing. ultimate villain. One of the things that I do is medical astrology and through the birth chart, you can see a person's fertility, their ovulation cycle, the uh, kind of quality and nature of their menstruation. Um, You can see things like endometriosis or an endometrial kind of tendency. Um, You can see like any number of things. It's really, really helpful because I have had countless menstruators come to me over the years. And they haven't been able to get diagnoses and they haven't been able to get the support they need. They haven't been able to get validation on their own experience. And so astrology is really helpful for that kind of stuff. So yeah, so it's, it's really like, it is wow. shocking to me how little people know about this part of our body and this part of our lives. And astrology is a really great use, like a really great use of astrology is to, to unpack that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know more about that. I have so many questions about medical astrology, and I think I think one of us should have this done for us. I think that do you really have cool. a birth chart? No, none of us. Nobody do. gave you. None of you gave me my, your birth charts in advance. Yeah. Should we? Um, should one of us do it right now? Can you do it? And then, like, send me a little image of your chart. I mean, how long will it take to set up? I can. I can try right now. Do it, Meg. Meg has Wait. the craziest period out of all of us. Yeah. Okay, so watch, watch me do a goddamn thing. Do you know what time you were born? Me? Yeah. Isn't it you who has a fucked up period? Yeah, are, are we doing this right now? Oh my gosh. Let's best. do it. Yes. So you know it's what like- time you're born exactly? Okay, otherwise this would be ridiculous. Hold please. Okay, what it, and you go by M-E-G, right, Meg? Yeah, M-E-G, oh. yeah. Okay, great, great. Uh, what's your birthday? August 23rd, yeah. 1985. Mm-hmm, so I'm confirming, I remember being 12.31 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yep, my mom just confirmed it. Great. What's wow. your city and state of birth? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh my God, we're really doing this. So, um, so is she getting her birth chart read <laughs> or a medical chart? Is, or, what, what do you think the difference is? I don't know. Is there, there is none. Okay, no, cool. No, honey, no. <laughs> How could we talk about birth charts without talking about your body? Mm. Sure. Riddle me that, I say. Riddle me <laughs> that. Okay, hold on. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want me to also put it in the chat so you can see what I'm looking at? Is that interesting Ooh, to yes, you? please. Okay, hold please. Selling. Oh my God, Meg, are you ready for this? I mean, I've got a really weird period. Okay, now you can look at what I'm looking at, um, theoretically. Um, okay. So let me see your birth chart, Neptune. Beautiful, Megan. Thank it just you. reads Meg Trowbridge. I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is Meg. <laughs> so, okay. So if I'm just looking at your menstruation, there's like a couple things. And do you mind if I get real personal? You can cut this out, obviously, right? Um, yes, I'd love to hear it. Okay. Um, so it's a funny, weird place for me to start, but do you have like a lot of pooping issues with your period? I mean, especially like first day. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, it's like a noticeable issue in your life. Um, and do you have an endometrial body type? I haven't been diagnosed with that. 
I wouldn't expect you to be diagnosed with it because it doesn't look like you have endometriosis. But I wonder if that's why I said like endometrial body type. Like, like do you have those kind of like painful periods, maybe old blood, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff where you have yeah. like darker blood? Yep. It's, it does not look like you have endometriosis, but you have the kind of period where I would be surprised if you didn't think you did it sometime or like some doctor didn't think you did it sometime. Um, because it's, there's this way that your body doesn't like letting go. Um, so like every period is just like, it's just a struggle, um, in your system. You bleed a lot when you bleed, eh? Mm-hmm. Like a lot is what yeah. it looks like. And, um, hold on. What is Neptune doing? So is there thyroidism in your family? I don't know if it's been diagnosed, but I don't know. We're like pretty uh, non-doctory. <laughs> Medically adverse. Yeah. Medically adverse. Respect. But um, we're, we're chubby family people. So that always feels like could be that and, and is there like, um, it, it actually looks like the thyroidism would come out of the women in your dad's side of the family. Oh, interesting. Do you know anything about them? I Aunt's only- grandmother. So grandmother uh, died when my dad was 20 of lung cancer mm. and um, they only had two boys, my dad and my uncle. So you wouldn't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because, you know, thyroidism tends to present more in females. Um, I'm speaking medically females. Um, hold on one second. Hold on one second. One second. Cause you know, do you get real exhaustion with your period too? Yeah. Like weird exhaustion. Yeah. Sometimes you, to the point where I need to like stop and sit down. You can't, yeah, you can't function. I, have you ever been tested for Hashimoto's? No. It's a form of thyroidism. Um, I'm not diagnosing you with that. I couldn't. Yeah. And I, I'm earnestly not saying that. But the thing about it is it, it kind of almost presents like a it's hard to diagnose because it has so many presentations associated with it. The problem with your periods, other than you bleed a lot, I hope you're not a vegetarian because it would take a lot of work to like maintain the iron that you need in your system. I eat beef. You, you would have to, unfortunately, it it looks like you have to be really conscientious because of your age now about your um, calcium intake um, and your bone density in general. Um, and I would, I would encourage you to be like calcium, magnesium, calcium, magnesium, calcium, magnesium, iron, iron, iron. I'm not a doctor. Don't take medical advice from me, but, but there it is. Um, and the, the, um, are you trying to procreate? Yes. And it's, and there's all, I have had some, uh, learnings from doctors about why there's been difficulty. So Mm -hmm. I am familiar with some infertility Mm -hmm. within me. Yeah. Um, I don't want, I look at your chart. It doesn't look like you're infertile. It looks like you have an erratic window. That's what they've told you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. because I got tested at the time when I was supposed to be ovulating, I wasn't, but later from another test, they could tell that I had ovulated. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have an erratic window. So your window is like, it's like, French doors. It's not like a small door. It's a French door. It's like a big fertile window, but it's, but it only opens for a brief period of time and not consistently at the same time. Um, and your relationship with your body is such that you've trained yourself to not notice it because you don't like being uncomfortable. And so you've, you've kind of like trained yourself to not notice these really subtle discomforts. And now the negative side of trying to procreate is Oh, well, best of luck figuring that shit out because it's complicated. Mm. Um, I imagine that, now I'm not giving you any medical advice. I want to be really clear about that while I then give you some advice. If I was you with this chart and your experience, I would go to a doctor and I'd be like, hey, I found out that suddenly like great aunt had thyroidism and now I have a concern. Will you give me a full blood panel on on my thyroid? Um, Because the thing about, Western medicine is if you're not like hemorrhaging, they don't want to like schmuckle you up. Right. Okay. And, um, it's a word, it's a medical term. It's Perfect. a medical term. You're going to have to Google. It's very complicated. Uh-huh. Um, also so complicated to spell, I assume. It, it is, it is, it is. It's, uh, it's part of my work with the Mayo Clinic. So, um, yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. So the, the thing about, um, 
the thing about your system is that you are likely in the realm of your hormones to have real ish. <laughs> and so if you end up getting pregnant, um, you're going to have to change your life mm. to support your needs which you are very reticent to do, honey. Um, You do not like making adjustments. You like, you go to the the workout class and you want to do all the exercises and you don't want to make adjustments, even though you're like not thriving in it. Right. Right. So this is, this is going to be a real fucking pain in your ass. Um, True, true talks. Um, And that's not a reason not to do it. It's just, if you don't fully embrace that, then that, that pattern that your body has of like getting like tight, when things are trying to flow, isn't going to help your physiological process. Mm. So step one, I would say, uh, make sure you're taking calcium and all the things you're, you know, doing all the dietary things you're supposed to do. I would ask them to do like a, a test on the thyroid. And the reason why I'm encouraging you to lie to a doctor yep. uh, is only because if you say, I, I talked to an astrologer and she suggested the potential <laughs> of the thyroid condition, that's not going to work as well. But if you're like, oh, it, it runs in the family, then they kind of are obliged to do a test. Mm. Um, and a test, I mean, I don't like needles, so I won't say that a test won't hurt you because it, they involve needles. But other than that, they want the test, best case scenario, you have more information. Worst yeah. case scenario, you have more information. More information. This is amazing. Um, a lot of yeah. that resonated. Great. I'm so glad. Now I'll say one other thing. Okay. Do you mind if I ask you a really personal question? Yeah. Okay. Why are you trying to get pregnant right now? Is there like a, is there like a pressing reason? Well, we started two and a half years ago <clears throat> and then over a year ago we did get pregnant, but it was ectopic. Mm. Um, so now, and we're honestly not actively trying right now because I kind of got the impression it wasn't going to work outside of IVF. Mm. Um, but a lot of it was because I'm hitting 35 and I was just like, oh, I'm going to have a baby with three arms if I get pregnant after 35. Right. <laughs> Which of course, you know, objectively is not true. Oh, that's not science? No. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's rocket science. But okay. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Um, because uh, something shifted in 2020 for you around the idea of having a kid. So maybe that was when you had your doctor. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, okay. Girl, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so you're in a period that started in really around January of 2020. It's going to last you just over two years. And I would advise you to make sure if you're trying to have a child, it's because it's what you want now and not because it's what you thought you wanted or what you wanted two years ago. Um, because I don't, I think things have changed for you. And that doesn't mean now you don't want a kid. It might though. Mm -hmm. And I think again, because you're so good at working around pain, you've probably not allowed yourself to fully investigate what's going on for you around this, but I would encourage you to, a lot is changing in your life. So I don't know that this is, this is the moment, but I don't know if you also know where babies come from. So if you're boning (laughs) a cis dude uh, and you're not taking precautions, then you are trying. Um, That's a good point. I would, I would simply just, I wanted to like say this to you and validate this for you because, um, because it's like this shadow is following you around and it's wanting your attention and you're just very good at not giving things attention when you've decided not to. Uh, So it's, that is so real, Jessica. (laughs) So real right now. Yeah. 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 That's why I asked your permission before I threw that at you. I will tell you, you are fertile. You've just entered this month into a period of fertility. So if you're at all ambiguous about procreation, I would advise you to um, just give out a lot of blowjobs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just moderate. Uh, if you get pregnant through a blowjob, then please call me because I want to talk to you about that baby. Um, <laughs> I feel like that would be a really interesting baby. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I was giving my husband a blowjob, but this yes. other guy, I didn't think <laughs> yeah, he married. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't seem like it would be a problem. But yeah, I, I, I will say um, if you don't have like herbal support like Chinese medicine or if you do Western herbs, I would encourage you to be doing some shit like that because you're, you're, you're not actually the most sensitive health wise. I don't think herbs are like a great approach for your health overall. Mm. When it comes to your hormones, it's the only part of your system that gets blown out by drugs and that gets blown out by like stress and stuff like that. Mm. And so taking, like if you were to do IVF, are you planning on doing IVF? I mean, that's like 
that's the plan. Part of the conversation I'm having with people now. Mm. Uh, it, yeah. I just yeah, want to encourage you to be like, really fuck with me. Have you ever, ever talked to somebody who's gone through IVF? Yeah. But like right now I've got this fucking cheerleader who's like, it's great. You got to do it. And I'm just like, sure. you're sure. dying inside. I think. Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't wish IVF on an enemy. Mm-hmm. I don't want children. Um, so I don't know that feeling of like, I have to do this. Um, so I, you know, I, I always like preface that, you know, I don't, I don't know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. I, would challenge you to make sure that you are feeling that before you take on something like IVF because it is wildly expensive. And let's say you're made of money and you don't care about the cost. It is the, the, (laughs) it is really, um, it is really, really taxing. Uh, hormonally, it is very consuming experience and you are like the most sensitive person hormonally. Mm -hmm. You're just like, I know you don't like to think of, I don't know, but from what I'm seeing in your birth chart, you don't like to think of yourself as a delicate flower, but when it comes to your hormones, you are like, uh, like the most delicate flower. And so I, I'm not saying you would have a bad experience, but your experience would not be neutral. That's for damn sure. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, just really make sure that you're taking care of yourself around this because a doctor can say to you, IVF is your only option, but is that it? did you get a second opinion? Is, are you sure? Have you tried herbs? Have you tried acupuncture? Have you tried everything? Cause I don't know that that's true, true for you. It might be, I'm not a doctor, but if only one doctor said it, and especially if they're the ones selling you IVF, I would double check. Yeah. Hmm. That's wow. Amazing. I do. I have one last test to do because the reason IVF may be the only option is because it kind of looks like the fallopian tubes are blocked. Mm. And so, but if they're not, then I think, the irregular ovulation window kind of seems like the obvious thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Although, you know, you do have this Pluto conjunction to the ascendant. And so the, the presentation of locked fallopian tubes or having scar tissue, again, it's that endometrial mm. body type. um, it, It does present itself. So, I mean, that doesn't sound impossible to me, but then, then there is a real question of like, do you, and this is, and this is something that, you know, a lot of times people get upset with me for saying this, but um, I think there's a real value in seriously questioning the value of procreation for you. Mm -hmm. Because when a person wants to procreate and they have the capacity, the theoretical capacity to procreate, um, it's very easy to become attached to this idea that only gets reinforced by the world. And then when you hit this age of 33, things change for all humans. And so there's this, this is a time when we're meant to question, what is it that I actually want? But by 33, so many people are like, well, I'm supposed to be an adult and I already know myself. And so this is what I'm going to do because this is what I set myself up to. And it's a good thing to question. It's a good thing to be willing to unpack for yourself because you are allowed to change your mind. There are many ways to have a kid that don't involve procreation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the only way to choose the thing is to evaluate it as an option. You know, um, I, I'm a big proponent of critical thought. Um, and, and so, and I know that you are too. I don't know shit, but I look at your chart and I think you fucking are. But this is a part of your life where you're not comfortable as much having critical thought. You're, you don't feel as confident in like asserting your rights to make a call or to be different. This is a, this part of your nature happens to be really tender and vulnerable, different than the rest of your nature. And so I just, this is why I'm kind of like being a little pushy, even though this is not really what you asked me about, because it is, um, it's just really, you don't have to do shit. And also I will say again, my gay ass, most of my friends who had kids were in their late thirties or forties, uh, because, lesbians do it later. I just made that up. I don't know if that's true, but it's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's that could be a bumper sticker. It could be a bumper yeah. sticker, but it would be really out of context and weird. So I don't know if it would work. Lesbians do it later, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it is, it is absolutely, um, you know, I don't think that, that anyways, y- you should do what feels right, but on, the only way to really know what feels right is to explore all of it. Mm. Yeah. That is my unsolicited and solicited advice. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, so the birth chart can really get in there. I mean, through the birth chart, we can determine um, dietary issues, your joint health, your cardiovascular health, mental health patterns throughout the heredity. Like all of this stuff is in the birth chart, um, which is, I don't know, I, I'm very passionate about it, obviously. I'm really into it. So, yeah. 
That was awesome. That, that was, was amazing. amazing. Yay. I would Yay. love, I mean, I, w- I mean, I don't want to like push and I know we don't have like a ton of time, but Meg, you and I should do this on a separate time. Meg Hayes. Oh yeah. For yeah. sure. You know, this and be my gift to myself. I would yeah. love that. And I'll say, you know, the thing that I really love about using astrology to look at um, hormonal and menstrual issues is that there's not a lot of places where you can go in the world where somebody's like, this is how you bleed. This is how you feel about how you bleed. And I feel like just that on its own is so helpful. And I think it's really validating and valuable um, to, to, you know, know that there's like this way that is your normal. And some of that normal is an expression of your ish. And some of that normal is just your body. And it's nice to know the difference, you know? So when you're looking at a birth chart, like you're looking at Meg's right now, mm-hmm. what else, I mean, just, I'm just curious, this is like for, for our listeners, like what else can you deduce, not specifically to Meg, but when mm-hmm. you look at a birth chart, what else do you see about people? I mean, you can see pretty much everything. Uh, so like I can look at Meg's birth chart and be like, oh, you're probably really uh, messy handwriting because you're always in a rush. But when you try to focus on your penmanship, it's excellent. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My like, so default random. handwriting is terrible. No one can read it. It's a mess. It's but like scratchy handwriting when I try. Which is yeah. so funny and- because Meg is so creative and like thoughtful that when you see her handwriting, you're kind of like, oh, like what the hell? boy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Meg, if I can take it a step further, you prefer a f- uh, what do they call those pens? Not a roller ball, but one of those like the, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Let me see your pen. Let me see. You know what I'm talking about? Not this kind, <laughs> not like a regular roller ball kind, but the kind that's kind of like, um, it, it, it kind of bleed on the page just a teeny bit. You, but you know like very ink, like hold ink. On, Jessica, hold on. <laughs> She's getting her favorite pen. This is my preferred type of pen. It's felt. That's what a felt tip. That's what I was trying to find the words for it. That's right. You like a felt tip pen. That's right. What? Mm-hmm. This is wild. Everything's in the birth chart. And the reason wow. why I started with that stupid detail is because it's such an obscure, stupid detail. Everything's in the birth chart. That's Everything's amazing. in the birth chart. I yeah. really want mine read now. My case, you have to do it. <laughs> of course you do. We'll of course. We'll, we'll, we'll have to do it again. And, you know, the thing that I think is really important is that um, – understanding that these tendencies are in the birth chart doesn't mean we are locked into them. I think that what's also really exciting about the birth chart is it's validating because the reason why you have messy handwriting, Meg, if I may, if I may speak about you again, is because you think like a bull in a China shop. And so when you're trying to write a thing down, it's just a mess. Your brain moves so fast that your hand cannot keep up unless you're trying to keep it cute. And then when you try to keep it cute, you're like a 12 year old with like a trapper keeper. You just make like curly or like boxy. You've got so many different kinds of handwriting because you like to play with different ways of presenting your ideas. Um, And this is all a reflection of the kind of, um, the the, like assertiveness and the, it's kind of like the mobility and motility of your thinking. And that's why I can tell that you want a pen that's going to take up space on the page. The thing about those felt-tip pens is they kind of like, they, they kind of are bigger than you think they're going to be. That appeals to you. And you want a pen that's pretty. You want to look for pens because it's thoughtful because it's a, it's a tool. That's right. That's why you have such a fucking pretty pen. Real talks. <laughs> and then um, when you are just trying to get an idea out, you don't care what it looks like because you have sat in the first house and you believe that things have to happen in stages before they're ready. So yeah, everything, everything is, is in the birth chart, like literally everything, including hair loss and like dietary preferences and yada, yada, yada. Like it's really stupid how much you can see in the chart so much. Do you feel like when you're bleeding, Jessica, that Mm -hmm. your powers psychically mediumly or just in general are enhanced or like do you do readings differently when you're on your period I don't think so that's a great question I don't think so I the main thing is I I trip and like I break things like I, I'm clumsy uh but I think that's very norm normy um yeah no the readings are all equal I would say probably um 
Yeah, it's, the, that's all equal. And I should say that none of what I said was psychic. It was all astrology sure, 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 sure. because I could have, you know, potentially psychic to thing, but this is, sure. this is all astrology. And um, the thing that I really, the reason why I love like talking about astrology in public in this way is because people are like, I'm a cancer, I'm a Libra. And they think that's what astrology is. And that's just like looking at the steering wheel of a car and being like, that doesn't do anything. You know, it's the whole car. It's the car. You, you also have to put gas in it. You have to drive it. Like, you know, um, if you want to see it animated, you have to know how to use it basically. So that's the thing about astrology. Um, and you know, in the context of medical astrology, I tend to be a little bit careful about talking about it in public because, um, I don't want people who don't really know much about astrology to run off and be like, I want to look and see if I have that thing to see if I have an endometrial body or something. It's like, it takes, it takes, it's like a very advanced way of using astrology. So I don't want people like running around diagnosing themselves or their loved ones um, around body health or, or mental health, which is all in the birth chart. Yeah. Wow. What's advice that you would give people if they were getting their chart read? Um, I would give a couple pieces of advice. One is use your common sense discernment. You know, it doesn't matter how compelling the advice I just gave is. Don't take fucking medical advice from an astrologer. You know what I mean? Like take that advice and then bring it to a doctor and then take medical advice from a doctor. You know, use common sense. An astrologer can blow your mind and be right about 10 things and wrong about 10 things. You know, nobody is perfect. Um, and so when you give away your power, you, you're not, you're not making use of the opportunity. So that's one thing. The other thing is kind of the opposite. Don't go in testing an astrologer. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your money. It's a waste of the astrologer's time and it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, one can be discerning and also open. And I think um, people have a tendency with, you know, woo-woo stuff with like astrologers and psychics and stuff like that to either be like, I believe everything you say, I believe everything you say, or prove it to me. I'm not going to tell you anything. And both of them are misuse of the opportunity, IMO. So that's the main thing. You know, if you're going to meet with an astrologer, go in with questions, but be open to what you hear. And if the astrologer is not talking about something that you want them to address, tell them, because even if I am psychic and you're meeting with me as a psychic, it is not my job to tell you what to ask me. You know, it's just like really common sense stuff. Don't forget to use common sense is basically my advice. First question, what is your period's favorite comfort food? If your period could order something at a restaurant, what would it order? My period is such a bitch that Mm. all she wants (laughs) is vegetables. (laughs) So basic. I know. Honestly, <laughs> PMS, post-MS. I am all about cookies. I'm all about ice cream. I want popcorn. But when I actually am bleeding, my, my body is like, what about just like, I don't know, okra and spinach? And it's super <laughs> stupid. So Amazing. that was a boring answer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If your period was a television character, who would it be? Carla Maybe- from Cheers. Wow. <laughs> that was so fast. I was going to give some examples, but. Oh my great. God. No. No. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. Yes, she yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's angry. She's had a lot of kids, so my period wouldn't yes. have that. But right. I, if you ignore that one part, yeah. uh, she's little, she's mean. She's married Love to it. Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, so Isn't good. she married to Danny DeVito? Yes, yeah, in real life. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So is my period. <laughs> Into it. Into it. Okay, if a film was made about your period, what would be the title? Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> yeah, totally. it's reversing. I don't know if I was supposed to choose from like an existing it's title. Perfect. Okay. That's perfect. Benjamin Buttons, the buttoning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the buttoning. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the buttoning. <laughs> oh. Good. That's oh, good. Amazing. I'm very proud of myself for my answers. I never would have come up with them if I had worked on this in advance. So good. That works. Thank you. Oh Thank my you God. very much. That was great doing it. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Any upcoming cool or just your podcast in general? Your, your book. book. Yeah. 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 My podcast goes to podcast twice weekly. Um that's probably the main thing I like plugging, but also uh, you know, yeah, I have a book, I have a free app. Um it's a, it's called tiny spark. It's a magic eight ball for millennials. I say for millennials because it's pink. It's not actually for millennials. (laughs) 
Um, I'm Gen X and I love it and I love pink, but that's just, you know, it's what people say these days. So I try to fit in. Um, and yeah. And I think probably the best place for people to get like all the info is your website, right? Like just it's my website. Yeah. Yeah. And I also do, I also have a Patreon page, uh, where I'm teaching tarot. Um, and it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like right now teaching, um, the writer weight deck, which is like that foundational deck that everyone should learn. And then I'm going to teach the thought deck, which is like the astrological deck. Um, so yeah. So people, if they're into tarot can do that. Basically I just do shit all the time. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been such um, a joy talking to you. I I've had so much fun too. I was, I was so excited about this. My partner was like, you're going to talk about your period. I was like, yes, yeah. bitch. I'm talking <laughs> about my period. I mean, and we didn't even really talk about your period as much as we, I mean, we could do a whole nother thing on, I'm sure just I your journey. Number, well, maybe you'll I, be back. I would love that. Cool. I would love that. And then you can sneak attack me if you're looking at your chart. All right. I, I, I wish you luck with the editing. Thank you Cheers. so much, Jessica. <laughs> Thank that was you, so Jessica. fun. It's my Amazing. pleasure. Good luck with whatever you choose around the IVF and stuff. Thank you. Wow. So big yeah. question is, Meg Trowbridge, how did you feel after getting that birth chart reading? Because I really wanted to like reach through the Zoom and like hold your hand and be like, oh, but, but like we kept going like with the interview and I was like, hold on, we need to like decompress. Right. Like what just happened? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of hilarious because it was like, okay, here are some like profound things about um, like yourself and also terrible things are happening in the world. And let's talk about that. And I'm just like, oh, there I'm go. I'm going through so many emotions <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. Uh, so I kind of touched on it with Jessica and I don't know if, cause I didn't talk about it. I can't remember if I've talked about it in season three, <clears throat> but yeah, like I, I did some tests and, um, you know, I'm coming more aware of the fertility issues that Kevin and I might have. And, um, and, and 2020, it like, it, she just called it. It, 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 there was a total shift. And like, I think it happened before learning about any of the issues and that like my career was kind of like in an exciting place. Like every month I had kind of a cool trip to look forward to that was like, part of like building up my career and um I had really exciting like performance things going on I was going to perform in an improv fest in New York um we were going to like close out the festival it was there were just like really cool things on the horizon and uh as I was preparing for this trip to Germany for work um I kind of talked to Kev I was like hey can we like not try this month because I don't want to like be in another country and be like oh I might be pregnant because I had sex four days ago. And so I shouldn't have any of this delicious German. And also you don't want your head to be in a space where you, you are setting yourself up for either hope and disappointment or whatever. Right. Just like take a month. I was like, let's just take the month off. We can both relax. Um, And, and it's, and as I was looking into what 2020 was supposed to be back in January, um, I kind of, was feeling that way about every month where I was like, oh, well, February is not a great time to try either because I have a trip then. And there's the March festival thing and I'm supposed to go to Minneapolis in April, you know? So it was like, things were exciting in so Mm. many other ways that I was starting resenting Mm. the trying. And so I feel like that was the first shift that I started noticing. So when she called that out, I was just like, wow, the stars are real. And, um, but also then learning that like I, so I had an HSG test, which um, we'll talk about in a future episode um, with, that Kate did, but it's, it's a test where they send dye through your uterus and fallopian tubes just to make sure that everything's clear. And, and Meg, is uh, that an indigo or more of a tie dye? It's, <laughs> it's a ultraviolet. It's a, <laughs> what is it called? Pantone. It's a Pantone 237. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so they weren't uh, able to successfully do one. And I hadn't met anyone who hadn't had the successful die through the fallopian tubes. And the woman performing the procedure was like, this probably means your fallopian tubes are blocked. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Not a problem. Um, so 
once I started coming to terms with that, I think there was another shift that is both like self-defense wise, like, well, fucking like, I don't even know if I want a kid. (laughs) Like, I don't think that's true because now, I mean, I still (laughs) love children so deeply, but part of like this journey I've been having after talking to Jessica in July is like, I love the babies, but like the love I have for kids who are not my own is so great that it's like, it is kind of interesting to think about how fulfilling it can be to be an auntie or mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe Kim and I are really good candidates to adopt because it doesn't have to be like blood related to me for me to deeply mm-hmm. and aggressively love something. Um, but also we still like get little butterflies when we think about like mixing our little, um, <laughs> you know, Bits and bots. <laughs> oh, okay. glad you. Glad I, bits you and bots. That. I appreciate. I get that. Um. <laughs> so, so the, it's still just it's a conversation. But I think since pandemic is happening, pandemic is happening. It is a pandemic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not like I was feeling a lot of pressure, especially since like quite a few friends have now gotten pregnant or are going through the IVF process right now. I was like, oh, I guess I should just keep moving on. And it was actually kind of amazing to talk to Jessica and just have her say, like, you don't have to do shit. It's okay to be different. Um, Make sure that this is what you want right now. And I was like, that was like, I, so I thank you both so much for like letting me do a little birth chart with her. Of course. I'm so glad that that worked out. I'm so glad. And I, I thought it was really cool that Jessica was, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that with us. I think that's really cool to hear. Yeah, and Meg, Um, also like you deserve time to heal from the trauma that you went through with your ectopic pregnancy and like that was a big fucking deal um it it was i mean that was a lot of shit to go through yeah and some of it you kind of had to go through on your own which sucks so i think allowing yourself to really feel that experience that was probably fully shift, yeah. is like what you need. And yeah, we are the ones that have to carry the baby. It's not like you can just inseminate someone and then be like, cool, honey, I'm going on a trip, on a work trip. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's a different <laughs> sign up for us. Also, when you said, yeah, we're the ones who have to carry the baby, I immediately thought of you and Kate. Like, <laughs> I Like I was going to make you be babysitters. <laughs> All you stuff. go off. <laughs> flooding off to Germany to drink German beer uh, (laughs) leaving us with your child which we would do by the way which I would would do would do that yeah (laughs) the two other things that like felt uncanny were one that she called out like the endometrial body type and um this might have been off out of the recording but she talked about like maybe I'm kind of cysty and I've got stuff going on and the thyroid thing in a future episode I discuss my ovarian cyst in detail and you will see how spot on she may have been about the shit going on in my body so like that was uncanny and crazy um and I do intend to lie to a doctor to say give me a blood panel and let's see what's going on with the thyroid thing but it could be related to that cyst Um, And the other uncanny thing is the handwriting thing. And now, like, since our interview, every time I'm, like, using a pen, I'm just, like, sometimes I'm, like, wow, my handwriting looks amazing today. But then it's, like, I write the date on something, and I'm, like, I am a child. How, what is up with my handwriting? (laughs) Like, just beating yourself up now, like, stupid. (laughs) Your handwriting. Stupid. Stupid. Focus, Trowbridge. But I just, like, I laugh so hard when I hear Kate being like, why does it look like a four year old boy wrote this? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like, when I look at, like, some of the things I write, I'm like, I, it's like I just learned how to write. So, anywho, I just, it, it is, it was wild. It was a really wild experience. So I felt pretty lucky. Also, Meg, the fact that, like, you like to hold stuff tight. Like, we talk about that all the time on this show. Like, having a hard time with oh cups God. and just having, like, you know, a bodybuilder's body. Um, you're, like, <laughs> you know muscularly, me. like, you hold a lot of stuff in. But then maybe emotionally you hold a lot I'm of stuff in. Tense. It was very interesting. And the fact that my period is, like, five days of spotting because my uterus is just, like, hold on to the clots. And then it's just a nasty day of thick, dark, old <laughs> blood. I'm just like, 
She is inside my body. Welcome to the new listeners. Welcome. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for Thank joining for us. Being here. We get also, graphic. Like, Thank you so much to Jessica for being so um, generous with your time and doing a birth chart. Like I know yes. she's in yes. super duper high demand and it was really nice of her to just like do one for us. It was really, really yeah. sweet. We didn't expect yeah. that at all. Um, that was really cool. And also like she's Very so good at it. Well, that's our episode. And uh, if you liked what you heard, whether you're a longtime listener or first time blawler, um, <laughs> check out our Instagram, Vicious Cycle Podcast. Uh, we have a hotline where we take any sorts of period stories, 9106 Uterus. And um, you can always go on iTunes and rate us. You know we'd love you even more than we currently do now, if you did. Until next week, remember to keep calm. And, and lesbians, lesbians do, it, do later. it later.